And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. Hi, everyone. Before I get to the NDE, I want to let you know that this video is taken from my live stream that happened last Saturday night. If you didn't know, I have live streams every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. U.S. Central Time, and anyone is allowed to join me and share their experience or just hang out and watch. So I hope I see you this Saturday. Hi. Hello. There hey, fun. you are. Oh, it worked. Mm-hmm. I never did this before. Oh, that's a blast. Thank you. All right. Where are you from? And and what is your name? Or should I call you Typo? Everyone <laughs> calls me Typo. And um, so there you go. And I'm from Massachusetts. And I'm a, a 40-year near-death experiencer and a member of a long, long time member of the Boston Near-Death Experiencers group, which is fabulous. Mm. And if anyone here is from my group, hi, I miss you guys. I can't wait for a live group again. Um, and my specialty of study, I when I was a little kid at about seven, I fell off of a swing mm-hmm. and found myself um, in a heavenly place. And I could feel that God was around mm-hmm. and I was given a tour and I saw the water of life. And then I said, I didn't want to go back. And they said, you have to. And I was like, no way. And they said, yes, you have to. So um, I said, no, again. And then he said, it was my spirit guide. And he said, if I show you why you want to go back, will you go back? And I said, sure, thinking, I was thinking, there's no way you're going to show me why I want to go back. Uh-huh. So, okay, we're good. And um, and then he showed me my life all the way to my death. Wow. And interesting, at the moment of my death, um, I was in an airplane, but I was only seven years old. So mm-hmm. I don't know when that was, like se- early 70s. I had never even seen the inside of a plane. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was really, really poor growing up. So shoes were a big deal. And I'm in Massachusetts where it's cold. So shoes really matter. And mm-hmm. boots are like really important. Well, so I see me as a, I don't know, I'd say a 50-ish person, right? 50-ish per- person walking with a little girl and I'm holding her hand in, in what looks like now I identify as a... Um, a walkway to a plane. Mm-hmm. That's what it ended up looking like. And so I see her walking and I think, and I can see the back of me and I'm wearing a skirt and I have high heel shoes on. And from my little seven year little kid head, I was like, Oh, life gets really better. Mm-hmm. Life is okay. And, um, so that was a shot that I saw, as you have heard a bazillion times, you can be in the body, in, an, in a life review, you can be in your body walking with a little girl, and because you have 360 uh, degree view, you can also see it from behind, right? Mm-hmm. So in that moment of a picture in my head, that's what I was doing. I was walking with the little girl and at the same time I could see us from behind. And the next thing I remember, I was in a seat. Now, as an adult, I recognize that as a, an airplane seat with what seemed to be um, a white wall or the wall like I was in the front row. 
and there was a white wall. So I was in the seat and I was also kind of seeing it face on looking at myself and I had the high heel shoes on. That was a good thing. And I was wearing a skirt and I was like 50 ish. And, um, and I remember thinking, Oh, my body works like my, as an adult, my body will work. That's, that's a cool thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so I'm sitting there and then either my body went thrushed really fast forward or the plane was moving fast and we hit something hmm. either way. I can't tell which one of those it is, Okay, but at any rate, my body. So now I'm in my body, right? Cause you see it from both views. So I'm in my body and I get thrust really, really fast into this white thing that I perceive as um, as a wall, right? And I crumple up. But as I crumple up, and I can tell I'm crumpling up, but I can't feel anything. As I crumple up, my consciousness continues to move. So then in a second, in a in, as fast as you can blink, I'm watching my body crumple up and I'm ahead of my body, looking at it going, oh, wow. So then I'm with my my guide and I'm watching my body crumple. I'm like, oh, that's how I die? And he says, yeah. And I say, and I keep going. He's like, well, yeah, of course. And I'm like, I didn't even feel that. I didn't even care about it. Mm -hmm. And he says, yeah, well, of course. And I'm like, wow. Okay, so then I, if I do that, I get to be with you again here. Because I could tell this home, this was where we are. And all my friends are here. Oh, and I got to see my neighborhood. I got to see my whole city through uh, when we flew to a place to see memories, to go through this, through the clouds. I could see houses, beautiful, beautiful, white, sparkly, gorgeous places and buildings. And I could feel God all around. It was uh, it was magical. It was magical. And it was a knowing that this was home. And as I saw the houses, I thought, oh, there's my clan. Now, I don't know if you use the word clan, but I don't use the word clan. And nobody I know in Boston uses the word clan. Mm -hmm. But uh oh. Oh, she's coming back. Okay, you're back. Now, before you carry on, I need to ask you yeah. something because I'm confused. Is this plane crash showing you your past life or is this showing you that you, what's going to happen to you in this life? Like you're going to be in a plane crash sometime later. Yeah, he was, he was showing me if I show you why you want to go back, will you go back? And then he brought me to this place that had all kinds of like, big drawers and he had me open a drawer and look in it. And that's where I saw my life review when uh, my life preview. Mm -hmm. And so he was showing me where my, what I was going to do in my life and how I would die and come back here. So what happens if you never take a flight again? Well, a long, so I'll tell you a funny thing. Mm. Oh, so then I realized like, 
oh, cool. You don't even notice death because when your body goes away, your consciousness just keeps moving, right? Mm. Now that can happen from laying down and dying, like having the flu or something, getting up. Or it could be a plane crash. But I'll tell you, I didn't even care about it. I was like, oh, okay, good. And then I'm back here and he says, yeah. I'm like, all right, good. Um, so then um, now I'm walking a little three-year-old girl, right? A girl that's shorter than me. So um, eventually the, through this thing, he brings me to the water of life because I was really stressed. I was really tired from a hard a hard life. Um, and so he brought me to the water of life in the water and he told me to put my hand in it and it went all up in my body and totally refreshed me. And I knew that was a favor he was doing. And then he said by the, Oh, so then he, I said, okay, I'm ready to go back. And, um, and then I said, are you going to be here when I come back? Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, I'll, I'll meet you. I'll be here. And I said, okay, great. And then I felt a tap on my back. And I turned around to see what it was and my head started throbbing. It hurt so much. And I went to move my arm to feel my head where it hurt. And I, and I felt the heaviness of a physical body and I'm like, Oh, he sent me back. I'm back in this body. I'm like, what a rip off. I had so many more questions. Um, so that was the end. And now, um, now I have a life. And I've always wondered if I never fly, what is it? Now, ultimately, I believe um, you have a time. So if you happen to be in a flight, you're gone. And if you happen to be scuba diving, you're gone because your time is your time. Right. Right. That's my kind of overall theory. Hmm. But but I did come to an interesting thing. I had a child. He was grown. I was done having kids. I was all done. And I only had a boy. And at a certain point, I said, okay, well, now I'm too old to have kids. So let's start designing our retirement. And my husband said, oh, wait, hold on. I've been so busy with career. I need a child. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, well, how bad do you need a child? And And he said, for my life. And I thought, oh, all right. Well, if you're someone's partner and they need a child for their life, Wow, that's a that's a, a a commitment, right? That's a that's an important reason. Mm-hmm. So I gave birth to a beautiful blonde girl, mm-hmm. and then I realized, and I my head didn't even put it together for like three years until one day she walked into the kitchen, and I thought, oh my god, I have you now, and I'm older. Wow. So, um. So all along the period of time that was her age that I could imagine my age would match hers. My family has been on these flying places where they just want to go flying all the time. They want to go traveling all the time. And every single time I, I say, no, I'm not willing to go yet. So at a certain point, I did a meditation because I feel like God is always with me. I feel like they, I never really left. I'm just experiencing us doing this, right? Much like you'd experience a, a life review, right? Mm-hmm. It feels the same. So I don't feel like I've moved. I just feel like I have both. I can talk to Jeff Mara mm-hmm. and 
have a great conversation mm-hmm. and I can talk to God because he's right here. He never left. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, he kind of is with me all the time. I kind of constantly laugh with him and say, oh, my God, I can't find my shoes. You must you must think that is so funny. Well, mm-hmm. I'm alive and it's not funny. I can't find my shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, so at any rate. I never flew while she was in that window, but interestingly enough, now during my life review, at some point I could see the learning curves and my, my phone is small, so I'm not sure you can see my hand, but in my review, I could see windows of learning like a graph and they were like hills that went up and down and up and down. And I'm a slow learner. In this life, I'm dyslexic, which is why they call me typo. Mm. And, um, and I'm a slow learner. Okay. I really have to learn by exercising the learning. So, in, so I saw a graph. And I, my, my uh, background is economics. So I work with graphs. So in this life review, I had a graph. And I would learn and then I'd do it wrong and then I'd go, then I'd go down and then whoop, I'd do it again and I have to repeat it and then I'd get it right. And then I'd go on to the next one. So there were about five of these big, big learning things that I, that I had set up for myself. I knew I had to do them. That was what I wanted to finish. So I'm on my last one and I'm up at the top of it. So I haven't mastered it. I'm struggling along, getting through that, and then I get to then I then I go down and I'll get to leave. So that's how I see the the windows. Now, when I was in that near death moment where he brought me to this place where I could uh, preview my life or see my life, when I first looked in the drawer, I had seen a little boy. And I was looking at the little boy's life and I saw him born and he was doing things. Uh, but his, his, the things he was learning didn't seem all that significant. They weren't, there was like a million of them and they were all small. And he'd learn it and then he'd do the next one, then he'd do the next one. So it kind of got monotonous. It, would, it, it didn't keep my attention. So as I'm watching this little boy's life, and he's getting older. I'm thinking, yeah, that's kind of, it's kind of a little monotonous. And that's when I saw the little girl's life and I saw all that ended up being me. And I was like, oh, that's why, because I'm learning these five things. And when I finish the last one, I can leave. So at a certain point, I stopped and I meditated in terms of uh, dying in a plane crash. At a certain point, my daughter's a little shorter than me, which made it hard to gather in my head, whether I was, is it now or is it in three years or was, did I already skip it because I wouldn't fly? Mm -hmm. So at a certain point I spent a few days meditating and really deciding and saying, I don't want to go yet. I know I'm supposed to, because I'm finishing up this last hill. I want to change that. So I'm going to use free will and make a request to, to you, God, I'm changing that. And I've always known about when I'm going to leave. I mean, and most people don't. So I count, I count myself lucky. But I want to change that. And after I learned this thing, 
I want to get her through college years. I want to get her to adulthood. And so if I have the right to free will, that's my request. Now, mm-hmm. I know I'll go home, but it'd be really nice if you could let me get that far. And um, and I feel like that was it, it felt like there was no conflict. It felt airy. It felt OK. Now, of course, I I won't know till we get there. Mm-hmm. And the last interesting thing. So that's the story. And the last interesting thing that I wanted to ask you because what you do is so amazingly cool All right. is um, just awesome is one of the things I've always studied is um, I came back knowing we we're psychic, knowing we were to could do telepathy, knowing we could do healing, knowing we could do, uh, we could see auras and we could do all of the six senses that humans could do. But when in the seventies, you couldn't say that without being crazy. Right. And in the eighties, you really couldn't say it. And then maybe around the mid eighties, you could start to say you, you had, what's that called? Deja vu. Mm-hmm. Right. You could be deja vu and not be crazy. Right. And then in the early nineties, you could talk about things like this at the beginning. So I've watched the progression more like an adolescence of spirit during we now we know we're going through the great awakening where we're going to learn this right mm-hmm. and we're going to learn healing which so all of these people have come back what we're up to 30 million now right there about a few years back i asked the president of ions in an interview how many people had come back from near death experiences and her estimate was 20 million mm-hmm. and that was i'm bad at time but i would guess that was about four or five years ago. If any of you are Boston IONS members and you're listening in on this, hi, because you know this whole story. And if I'm wrong with that, um, with when I asked her, because you might have been there when I asked her, and you remember when it was, put it in the chat so we know. But my guess is about four-ish years ago. So I would guess we're up to 30 million near-death experiencers. Easy. That's an easy estimate. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, what I study is the stories that people come back with to help us make a smooth transition and create the tools that we know we've been sent back to here, right? We know that crystal, we've always known crystals heal and vibration heals the body. And we know that we're going to have a healing room. People talk about beds, but we're really going to just do it in a room that looks like a shower and we're going to use And we know that now that crystals, um, what UV light is what crystals emit, right? Mm -hmm. So UV light and harmonics is what will heal the human body. And we Mm -hmm. have to learn those. Um, What else do we, what what, what else do we know? We know that we um, do a ton of things. So I would love if your people, and when you ask them, if you can ask them, what they learned that we're going to learn in the future because it's so valuable, mm-hmm. right? We're given that so that we can make good choices mm-hmm. right. and you're doing it. So that's so cool. Do you hear a lot? What's your best healing thing? It's not that common that people know what's going to happen in the future. Sometimes they do. Usually they'll kind of key me in by saying, you know, while I was in my experience, I learned of things that were going to happen in the future. And then I'll usually ask, okay, well, what did you see? But it's not as common as you think it would be. 
anyways typo. I'm so sorry. I've got to run to the next person. It's a blast. Thank you. Thank you so much for stopping by. And hey, I'm always looking for more NDE guests. So if you have any Boston friends from Ions, can you please send them my way? Because I try to do this every day. You're saying there's 20 million of them out there or 30 million. I need them to come start contacting me so I can keep bringing these every day. You know what? Um, it's my pleasure to do that. I will absolutely. And I've and I've thought about it a few times and figured they listen in. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, very cool. You're so new and you're growing so fast and you're a fabulous interviewer. So keep up the good work and we're grateful. And I will. I'll send my Boston people your way. Thank you so much. They're in every city. They're in every city. So you can find people. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.